0: They're bad, they're boys, and, occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast, with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back, baby, come back. But
1: bye, bye,
0: bye, bye, but bye, bye, bye,
2: bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town bada bye 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 bye. bye 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 bye. I'm all right, man. How are you?
0: Good, good. Well, I've had a difficult week, to be honest.
2: <laughs> ladies, and gen- ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jodie Rains, and I'm with David Hellard. Um, this uh, this <laughs> this episode is a, a week late, um, simply because of logistical errors uh, made Logistic. by one individual, and. From the stories I've heard, logistical errors seem to be a theme of what happened last weekend. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: so, so, he, so, go on, explain, that. So go, so explain, explain to, uh, to the listener um, uh, where you've just come back from.
0: Well, we, we were talking last week a little bit about crewing and how to crew, what to expect, and the fact that I hadn't really done it before. So, I've been out to UTMB, which is the probably the most prestigious Potentially most prestigious that or Western States uh, kind of 100 miler in the world, um, set in Chamonix. They've got quite a few different races, though. So, a couple of my friends, uh, Misha and Tom, they were running something called the CCC, which is over 7,000 meters of descent with uh, 102k of running. So, a crazy amount of hills. Um, Misha had, uh, had given me air miles to fly out. He was so keen for me to um, come and help him, and I was keen to join as well. But it, there's a little bit more pressure on me thinking, he's, you know, he showed out his work miles for this. So um, I really wanted to make sure that I was doing my best. But having been quite busy with various other things, I hadn't really done my research as much as I maybe should have done.
2: <laughs> so uh,
0: i to wake up the morning of the race. Wait,
2: wait, 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 what do you mean done research? You, you ask the question on this podcast, what, what other research would you possibly need?
0: Well, in a, so you're saying I can blame you for this?
2: Oh no! Wait a minute. Thinking about that, yeah, you're right. That you're you, you're in the wrong, man. You're in the wrong. You should have. You should have. Uh, I'll I take could, it. I can only give generic advice about um, uh, about support crew and everything, but I think I did That's make the point. True. I did. I, I made the point that um, UTMB is, logistically is very hard, um, simply because of the well, of the nature of the race.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it goes through three countries, and that presents its own difficulties. And, and because of it being so mountainous, the roads don't necessarily connect in the way you'd hope to. <laughs> um, but the, the I mean, it's, it's very well organised in some ways in that they've got buses to all of the different sections. Oh, yeah. And therefore, all I had to do was I, I had a... Um, everyone who is a crewer has to be an official crewer. Oh, OK. So um, partly, so only one person can actually go in and see the person. And they're only allowed to take a bag of up to 30 litres, which is a huge bag. I don't know why I have to specify that. But uh, especially as you could change what's in the bag each aid station. Um, and you can then take the buses put on by UTMB around to each aid station. So I was thinking this is pretty sweet. Misha had set off very early. And the first aid station you could actually get to by bus right. it wasn't till probably a third of the way into the race. Okay. So... Having set off at nine in the morning, I wasn't expecting him to be there until about two o'clock in the afternoon. Which for me gave me plenty of time to fanny around with. Of which I duly did. But um I then head out to this first aid station. I knew it wasn't where one where I could actually even physically touch him or wasn't allowed to, or give him anything. I could just cheer him on. Right. But I thought it'd be nice to do that because he'd have been out there for five hours and while i'm sure you would be having a good time it's quite a long time to be by yourself and all these little pick-me-ups to help along the way so I got out there cheered him in got my bells out uh, had a little chat tom came down as well they're looking great together I running he didn't, didn't,
2: didn't tell me tom was doing it i didn't know
0: i hadn't actually tweaked that tom was doing it as well because i hadn't really been i mean, should had mentioned it a while back but you know when something's not actually in your schedule you just yeah you, you know it's coming up at some point in the summer or the autumn, but you don't really have in your mind how soon it is. Yeah. And so it hadn't occurred to me as Tom, Tom was doing this because uh, we'd been running together for a while. So they they actually came into that that station fairly together uh, and left together. So that was really nice. And I was then feeling you know pat myself on the back. Hey, what a great friend to be out there for this first one right now to the next one. Went back down to where the buses went. And the the roads going to my right had a um, was kind of fenced off, so that's quite weird. And I wonder how wonder how the bus gets to the next station. <laughs> and there's no one there um, who is an official. Everyone there is, is just a supporter right. waiting for these buses to come with a piece of paper. And so I was then kind of looking at this piece of paper trying to figure out the what all the information there meant and it took me quite a while to actually eventually figure that the next aid station was linked with my current one but only if i went back to chamonix and then back rounds the other way which is six buses oh my god yeah and and these buses don't necessarily match up so if you get in at 10 to 1 the next bus might be 230 right so i looked at this and obviously my heart sank probably should have figured this out before in my head. I just assumed that if they're providing buses to the checkpoints,
2: they'll be going all the time.
0: Yeah. And that the checkpoints would be one to the next. So I went <laughs> to Google maps and looked how long, how long is it going to take me to, to walk Said so two days <laughs> because the actual route itself that they take for UTMB, there's, there's no proper walking past to do it. It's not a recommended move, route of Google. So I just realised I had to, had to run the, had to run, run, run the route. <laughs> now, I wasn't exactly prepared for that. Sure. <laughs> what were you wearing? Um, I wasn't in shorts, thankfully. I had this huge bag. But I was wearing my um, Addy Zeros, the ones that I love dearly, um, which are racing flats. So zero grip to get, begin with. But they're the ones I love dearly because I've run about 1,500 miles, literally, well, literally 1,500 miles in them maybe about 1,600 now, so not a single bit of tread. So it's going to have to run the, not necessarily the biggest hill of their day, but it was at least 800 metres straight up, which is fairly punchy. <laughs> but unfortunately, because um, you know, it took me maybe 40, 50 minutes to realise this, and so by the time I'd set off, everyone was going single track, single file with poles and so trying to overtake people was so hard because there's no, no space to get around classes. anyone I'd spoken to some of the officials at the checkpoint and said you know, is this going to get him disqualified and they said as long as I didn't pace him I was allowed to be on the route because it was an open route
1: Right. right.
0: and they were zigzagging zagging up the hill and I couldn't get past people so instead I just went straight up this hill and you know, when you go up mountains, there's kind of little rivers coming down, it's boggy everywhere, I was just getting soaked. And my God, it was hard. It was bloody hard to do just 800 meters in. And I've, I've done climbs before, the biggest climb in my life, easily. And even on the downs, trying to overtake people there, People are running a bit, but they're doing fifty-two miles or something, so they're trying to save their legs. And whenever I'd see you'd get you get groups of people together, so when I'd see them, I'd be like, right, okay, I'm gonna pull out and see a space. So I'd pull out, start running, but I wouldn't know what was the end of the queue of four people, and so I'd suddenly be like, fuck, treat, just be wiping out everywhere, falling over. So eventually, I caught up. And I saw someone who looked like Misha in the in the, in the distance and I caught him about three hundred metres to go into the aid station. And as I as I came up side by side with him, Misha is um, he's one of those guys who is he plans well. Yeah. And so I knew the first thing he'd be thinking is, This is gonna get me disqualified. What the hell are you doing? So I kinda of ran up and like, Hey buddy <laughs> How you doing? He's like, Dave Dave like, don't worry, I've checked. It's, it's it's legal. There was no way for me to get it from the last checkpoint. As long as they paste you, basically, um, it's okay. He's like, so what are you doing right next to me? Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Ran on. Oh my god. But, but other than that, it was. I mean,
1: it, it was it was brilliant. the was atmosphere, it? Yeah, I met I met these um
0: these these other two. Uh, Yano, who lives in London, this guy called um, Ali, who, who's from Chamonix. And we then started travelling around together. We get some beers in some of the um, chalets while we waited. And this, this, this event is insane. It's so big. I didn't realise it. When you came into some of the food stations, it's the size of kind of half a football field. And the food is amazing. They've got full-on cafeteria. You can just go and help yourself to all these biscuits, hot soups, pastas. It's amazing. Wow. I mean, that was great. And, um, and seeing some of the people coming in, if they didn't have people there supporting them, it looks so hard because the weather was terrible the whole way through. Been absolutely pissing it down. They're going through the night twice some of them yeah. um and so they're getting so cold so you'd have people just falling asleep and on the back of the on the numbers you can switch it round to say please don't wake me I want to be sleeping because people were being woken up people were getting sleep um Tom was ill didn't eat for the last 50 kilometres
1: yeah
0: don't know how he got through it at all my god I mean fair play to him um and Misha gave him gave him a podcast because he he was going to go out and just listen to tunes and he was he was you could see he was like doing well but tired and yeah. going into the dark oh, place. So, mate, you need a podcast. But he didn't realise how cheap his MP3 player. He ended up listening to this one podcast four times. said <laughs> he was in the dark and always like, oh god, I even know what he's going to say next. But oh, keep it gay, keep it gay. But it just looks so hard as races gay. Oh no,
1: really, really. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if I'd even enjoy doing it because the hills are so hard to do, even when I was fresh. Yeah. And I was doing one hill that I think I wouldn't be able to train well enough for it in London. And I'd go there and just be so frustrated with the route. Yeah. Uh, but then we came back to the finish and it's the, the app's pretty good. It's actually when you're expecting them to come in and where they are. So I'd gone back and got back into Chamonix at about 6 o'clock or 6.30 in the morning and it had said Misha was going to be at the top of this hill at 7.30 with eight and a half k to go. So I realised that uh, you know if I wake up at eight o'clock he's, it's going to take him at least an hour to do eight and a half k, give me time to go to finish. They changed the final route because it was so treacherous at the top of this final mountain. Yeah. And uh, so I then woke up at 8 o'clock, checked, and Misha was in at 8.08. <gasps> so I missed him. Oh, no! Yeah, I was, like, power walking down as hard as I could. Um, had a missed call. And, I mean, it didn't matter too much, but having been there for every aid station on the way, not slept for 24 hours, to get this one hour's sleep, I then completely missed his finish. Oh, oh no.
2: <sighs> Technical DNF for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you fancy it? Does it appeal to you?
2: That's the thing. I think about that, and then I think about what it was like when I did Transalpine and um, yeah. and the hills and the descent and stuff like that. And it's just, I some people love that, um, and and I didn't. Um, yeah. I think there are when you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of time and a lot of effort in uh, training for something like that and making that a big part of your life for a, a long period of time. Um, and so, you, I think you really need to make sure that you are really focused on on it being something that you're going to enjoy. I, I, I that's a big thing. <laughs> We're just um, doing races you enjoy rather than ones that you know that are just going to be rubbish. Um, yeah. I think yeah, especially when they're so expensive as well. You can, yeah, it's a big investment yeah. to do all that. Um, and I think it's something like yeah, the MDS is uh, that's why when I was when I ran that, I wanted to enjoy it. I I didn't want it to be like a a horrible, painful slog. Because um, yeah. I wanted to savor everything that goes with it, and there's, there's certain races I want to do. Although, I like doing something like Badwater, I don't know if anyone savors that um, or anything. But um, but that. Um, but you, so, but you, are you are you not tempted by it then, or does it does it change your view of it?
0: Well, I mean, I, th- I think people get drawn to it because they can't; they're not allowed to do it. Yeah. Until they have the points. Oh, and so when people have the points, they think, "Well, it's my only chance." Um,
2: Yeah, but but, but the thing—the points thing—is a non-issue. If you if you're an ultra runner, you get those points so you know so quickly and so easily. Um, It's not that's not that's not really a big the big. It's more it's more of the ballot thing, isn't it? That's the
0: the yeah. But I, I just think that for me, I really enjoy the the feeling of running hard. Yeah, and while the downhills would be amazing, I think. I I don't know if I'd be able to get my legs strong enough to truly strengthen them to be able to run hard and the the distances and the ascent that they do in that
2: and and yes. you and the and using poles as well I mean like you are if you're on that course without them um, yeah you're, you're mad yeah a lot of the people there um, a lot of people I use... think
1: they all do I think even the front guys do
2: yeah yeah but the, but that's for some people that's like in their mind, they're like, "I never run with poles. Poles is cheating. I never run with poles." But
0: you know, there, I if you went, be quite you... exciting to learn. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like um, it'd be quite fun, just especially running downhills with poles.
2: I think, it, because... I think it, it's it's running downhill that they they help. Are you, I mean, there's a certain amount of traction you get when going uphill, which makes yeah. a massive difference. But going downhill, having that extra element of stability is I I've never I've I've only I've used them I only used them in the sense that um while while doing it I've never learned how to use them properly. Um I'm sure I could have been more efficient when I when I used them but um
0: yeah but the poles at speeds I think
2: would be really fun. Yeah. Well it's good that we're talking about this because our next guest is going to be uh well we we've we we've want to get for a while David uh Harvey who has just completed the Western States 100 so we thought we'd uh, we get him in which Fits quite nicely. It's like a, a, a UTMB of America. UTMB of America. We look at a Seg was just beautifully done.
1: Perfect. Yeah.
2: So without further ado, uh, let's speak to David. So welcome to David Harvey. Hey. 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 How's it going, so man? I'm all good. I'm all good. All good. good. I've got a bit of cold, but I'm all right. That's 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 no excuse. Uh, you've got to be top of your game when you're on a bad boy running yeah. podcast. Um, but, so.
3: Is because you know I'm not the Stuart Evans, so you yeah. know.
2: Yeah. So um, the reason um, reason we got you on um, is because uh, <laughs> Lee, um, one of our uh, formidable oh. do badders uh, s- uh, told me a little bit about your a uh, little bit about your background. And a right. little bit about um, how you got into um, uh, running 100-milers and, and some of the great stuff you've done. And it just seemed to coincide with uh, you uh, running Western States 100. And um, we don't know anyone who's who's run the Western States 100. So we thought it would be right. great to get you on and okay. get uh, get you, uh, you know, your experience of, of running that. I'm sure everyone we know collects all the points to it. and It's like the UTMB. Everyone collects all the points to it and no one actually does any of them. Um so yeah. actually find someone who's done the uh, the western states one hundred um is uh, is pretty interesting plus you've got a pretty interesting story uh before that so um so yeah i'll uh, i i i'm discovering this all for the first time as well so uh this will be this is going to be really interesting um uh, to listeners and I have a personal interest in this as well because I'm determined to find out your technique for running hundred miles just to uh just to see uh, how it differs from uh, from some of the other uh, uh, techniques that I've... Um, you've
0: changed them, JD. That's, that's probably the difference.
2: <laughs> Is it? Is it? Is that the way to do it?
3: About, about, yeah. my, about my story, actually, because that'd be quite interesting to find out what you've heard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, right, so before we actually talk about Western States um, 100, uh, the, I saw a picture of you Um Well, well, I'm assuming it was um, before your running days where you looked um, substantially, you looked a substantially larger person than you are now.
3: Yeah, it was was the sort of um, bad reaction to a bee sting look
2: (laughs) on there.
3: Um, Yeah, I was about four or five stone heavier than I I am now, at least, and uh, spent a lot of my 20s basically drinking, smoking partying and that
2: just that's just reminded me of a story that i that the first time i was supposed to meet you was at the first utdb event um where we were doing the park run in brockwell and uh lee phoned you up or or messaged you to say are you coming along and i think you texted him back no (laughs) (laughs) um do you know what was that at the beginning of
3: last December? <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So, I, I could go into the the story of how I got into Western States at this point because it coincided that morning. I think.
2: Was well, like oh so yeah so what is the story then so how, why did why did you end right. end up from there? This
3: Monday morning, I
2: woken up <laughs> to three hundred and fifty
3: pounds being taken out of my bank account, and I was like oh, I can't fucking afford this. What is this? Like, I I, this is beyond, this is just stupid. And I I started to get a bit angry at this £350 being taken out of my account until I checked my emails where it said, congratulations, I'm getting into the Western States 100. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, you know, it's a dream come true. Everything, it's pretty much the only reason I'd ever run was to, get onto this race and I was incredibly excited by the, the
2: prospect of doing this race and you know it's, it's every, everything that I always wanted so what I love about that is that your <laughs> subconscious obviously like took over there and told you yeah. to do it yeah whereas yeah. I think if I was in that situation my subconscious would just make me uh cancel all the races I was doing and claim a refund early <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: so
1: Fifty quid
3: yeah, oh, God, it's, yeah, it was a ridiculous amount of money. Um, I'd, I'd been persuaded to go into the ballot some weeks earlier, but my friend, who I'm relatively sure earns a hell of a lot more money than me, has a very nice house and stuff like that. And I am currently you know, sitting in a bedroom at my mother's house at the age of 34. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. Uh, but anyway, he persuaded me to go on to it. And I just thought, you know, because, because 10,000 or so people go into the ballot every year I just thought there's no chance of me getting onto it but you know as soon as you mentioned it, I've jumped at the chance you know I just thought well, I, you know,
0: and do you have didn't... to have points to, to no, qualify ca- as well
3: I had in earlier in the year I had done probably the second world's most miserable race which is the North Downs Way 100 <laughs> so, running obviously the most miserable race being uh Portsmouth Coastal Marathon um I did this North Downs Way 100 and was expecting to go into it and doing like 20 hours and having the best time of my life. And, you know, I, by the time I got to uh, Box Hill, I was, you know, 24 miles in feeling like an absolute legend. By the time I got to Rygate Hill, I was a shell of a man, <laughs> sweating, throwing up and like crawling up the hills and managed to just about kind of crawl over the line in, in 26 hours. Um, after experiencing Detling as well, I don't know if anyone's heard of Detling.
2: But... Those the the infamous Detling steps, which cut what 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 mile yeah. does that come at?
3: Eighty one, eighty two
2: miles, oh. <laughs> and it's
3: you know what I, I'm pretty I'm not exaggerating when I say it's about seventeen thousand steps down, <laughs> 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 followed by seventeen thousand steps back up. Probably what's five, the ascent five of it? Awful, and it's all stinger nettles and cram. Um, do you know you can you can be sad when you're running at times and struggle to motivate yourself to go? Yeah, on. that was a new low. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of parts of my mind that I never thought even existed. You know? Was it black? black, is black.
2: Was it your, was it your intention to run the North Downs Way 100 in order to try and qualify for uh, Western State to get the no. points for it? No.
3: No, I've I've never I've never done races to get U T M B points or to qualify for another race. I've always run because I I love running. Yeah. And it's it's my passion and it keeps me mentally healthy and keeps me physically healthy and you know, yeah. other than the love other for the love of it, if, if I don't go for a run then I then I don't feel good, you know, I feel sad and um I don't feel physically right. So it's part of the part of my kind of um ways of keeping myself up and running, you know.
2: And is that, is that, so how does that relate back to like when you, you know, we just, you know, let's go back to the start here. Like when you were, when you were overweight and everything, when, what, what was that? Um, oh, well, where was did you start? Over- yeah. When I was
3: overweight, I had, um, decided that I probably need to do something because <laughs> I looked in the mirror and there was this guy there that I didn't really recognize that had 14 chins and, you know, boobs by his by his knees and stuff like that and I just thought oh come on let's go do something and I've been uh quite I mean I work in quite an active job uh, you're a PE teacher or something is this what is this what <laughs> is this is leading to <laughs> I, we did do PE no I've, I've worked in mental health my whole life so I guess we did do a bit of PE with them but yeah. it's more uh you know working on acute mental health wards and rehab wards and um things like that yeah but yeah, I just I didn't have enough money to go to the gym. When with the gyms I had been, in, I just thought it was so boring. And you'd get these—I'd st- st- like sit on an exercise bike or something, you know, hating myself for being on a bike going nowhere. Um, looking at these guys that had just lifted, I don't know, some kilos, that and then stare at themselves flexing their muscles in the in the mirror, and I just thought, what a bunch of bastards. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a I,
0: weird
1: environment.
2: Yeah, this, it's the most narcissistic kind of place I've ever been in my life. Well, well, you I, have to do you have to do that in order to make sure that you've shaped your body properly. I mean, that's that's just that's that's part and parcel with it. Is that what they, <laughs>
1: they
2: do? Yeah, that's it. That's what they're doing. Are you, have you not watched Have you not watched um, uh, Pumping Iron? Schwarzenegger <laughs> documentary. That's it. You're, they're looking to see whether they've like sculpted their deltoid, so it's all looking in balance. Well, that's what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. Right. Okay. I'm going to start
3: doing that then. Just before, before and off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're
2: looking weird.
3: Um, was
0: there a trigger point that made you suddenly think, right, enough's enough?
2: Uh, you know, I. Do
3: you know what? Um, and it pains me to say this because it gives Lee something to put in his brain and be happy about, and you know, sort of stroke his ego somewhat more is that he came round to one of my good friends who's in my band. um, He came round to his house to have a meal. And this guy walked in that I had not seen for probably a year or two. And the last time I saw him was pretty bloody fat. And then Lee walked in and he was really, really skinny. And I was like, what has happened to you? I think the last time I saw him was at um, my friend's wedding. Yeah. And he said that he could run five miles a day now. He did that every day. And he kind of planted the seed of, you know, if he can do it, then I can. Um, So he was a little bit of an inspiration to me because because he did lose such a large amount of weight and uh, and he looked great for it as well. So, you know, I just got on with him really well. And, you know, he said, why don't we come up for a run and stuff? So rather than, you know, experiment with other things, I just went and bought a pair of running shoes that lasted me maybe up to two years. Yeah, and they were about twenty quid from United Footwear in Fratton, which is a very classy establishment.
2: <laughs> they sound it. Yeah, <laughs> are they, are they
3: on the stand
0: of the Gentlemen's Club. I remember that shop, that
3: level.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping they're going to give me an endorsement now from uh, mentioning. <laughs> and, and what
0: was I mean? What were the first runs like? What we what did you actually do and try and, and how did you get? Uh,
3: I used to run for about... I, I remember the first time I ran, I think I ran a mile. And I'd probably text everyone in my phone book to say, you never guess what I've just done. I've bloody run a mile. And I thought it was the furthest anyone could ever run. And then I, after that, I slowly sort of started to build it up and do maybe six miles every other day. And that was at a point where I wasn't getting any better, but I was doing yeah. this kind of like, sort of built it up to that. And then... Um, <clears throat> I think after I'd qualified as a mental health nurse, I then uh, had to work ridiculous shifts and start at six, seven o'clock in the morning. So I used to get up at about 5am and I'd run at least three or four miles every morning oh, right wow! About to fail, and then do a little bit of kind of boring core work and stuff because I read on the internet that it's a good idea to do. And so, so I did that and then... Literally, all of a sudden, I went from losing a little bit of weight until to sort of just popping like a balloon and lost maybe two or three stone quite quickly. And my fitness started to get a hell of a lot better.
2: And um, how, how long, sorry, so how old were you at this point?
3: Maybe 27, 28, something right. like that. Around that age, yeah. Uh, I'm now 34.
0: And And, and was there anything different you were doing in the the period where it dropped dramatically or just the routine of of regular exercise? I
3: think think it was just doing regular exercise I wasn't doing any really long runs but there's I found that there was something about running regularly that took the pain out of it and it suddenly went from something that was something that I wanted to do to lose weight to something that then became enjoyable I looked forward to and then I found it as a I now realize that for the last six, seven years, it's been my meditation and it keeps me mentally healthy. It keeps me physically healthy. gives me a little bit of discipline at times. Um, and, you know, it, it suddenly became from something that was, that had a physical response to it to some, suddenly something that had a kind of more mental reward right? and, and, and became a, a part of life as well. It became something I do to kind of day to day to, manage my own life
2: and then so so when did you start thinking okay i'll do i'll do some races how did you how did you scale up because it's it's never the way that people go oh, okay i'm going to do 5k 10k half marathon <laughs> how how, how what, right. what was what was your pattern into that okay so i i, I was at a physio
3: appointment because um after, shortly after i started running i also really badly hurt my back and i had yeah. to go to physio and while i was at physio i heard these two physios talking about this race called Hell Runner and I was like oh, classic race what's hell yeah, <laughs> it was really fun Um, my inner metalled kid
2: just went oh yeah it's got hell in it I've <laughs> totally got to do that <laughs> like, I think that's
1: I think that's how it works like,
2: isn't it with some of those ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally
3: so I phoned up Lee and said oh I've heard of this race called Hell Runner. let's go do it so me being me and not being able to say no to anything I was like oh yeah I'll be up for that so uh, we signed up a few, and then the week before it, because bear in mind this is a ten mile run. Like I'd never run that far. Lee and I met up the week before, and in our infinite wisdom, ran a thirteen mile trail run through hills around. Surrey to train for this ten mile run, and I've got to be honest, I was absolutely ruined. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but on on this run that we were doing, Lee was because he's quite knowledgeable, was saying about. This is the Green Sand Way. Uh, you know, this this runs from, like, Ashford to Hazelmere. I'd love to do it one day. So I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. How long is it? 100, 108 miles? I was like, ah, oh, yeah, let's do that then. And so we did this 10-mile run. And then when I was at work a couple of months later, I was at Texas saying, oh, have you thought about doing this then? And he went, yeah, let's organise it. So we went for, immediately from doing a 10-mile run to organising a... Four marathons over four days, type thing, um, with all our kit on our back, and sort of training up to do that the next summer. And uh, it, it was damn good fun. It hurt, especially because I had quite a bad back as well, um, carrying all the kit. But over the next few months, we did a fair few um, runs with with Lee, and then we ran around to the Surrey Hills. And they had a girl called Claire who was sort of a budding runner at the time. And then my friend Dan, who decided to just come on last minute, not do any training, (laughs) 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 carry two bags on his back as well. Um, And uh, and we did this thing for charity and raised four or 5,000 pounds running about 108 miles over four days. Obviously it was probably a hell of a lot longer than that because Lee likes to take what he calls a shortcut which normally adds about five miles
1: on.
2: So So that's incredible. So you basically, you've jumped from like doing a 10 mile race to then organizing like four marathons in four days, just running that. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And the, the, that was, that was like my first official kind of, well, no, it wasn't even an event, but, um, my, my first official kind of longer than 10 mile race was, something called the saxon shores ultra trail norman conquest 50 miler short um, one isn't it <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
2: so,
3: I, all of these races like centurion they say you have to have a marathon first to be able to get onto their yeah. races you know most 50 milers do you so, say you know at least a marathon and i was like oh god i can't be bothered to do a marathon this is bloody rubbish you know and rather than asking them saying, look, I've done this over four days. I just decided to lie. I was like, I don't want to do American. I'd rather do 50 miles because, <laughs> because it looks a hell of a lot more fun. And it was full navigation as well. So I just, I signed up and I, and it said race, like, you know, qualifying race. And I was like, I, I think I put 2014 or 2013 Portsmouth coastal marathon time, three hours, 20 minutes. <laughs> I've never run a marathon that fast and I've never even run a marathon before signing up to this race and you know what I turned up there with you know these guys that I'd seen on you know on the internet like Ed Catmuth who was doing you know all of these guys that look like absolute pros and there was me with a couple of threes in my in my camelback and then, when I filled up my water in the camel back, it started leaking everywhere. And I'd turn up with a pair of shoes, but I didn't have any socks on. <laughs> and I just looked like an absolute idiot. You know, it must have been about three kilograms of stuff, but I just didn't need I just didn't know what to do. But it started within two minutes, had got lost. No, doing so. Just thought the best thing I can do is find someone that looks and knows what they're doing and try and keep up with them. So I did that and managed to sort of pretty much finish it in about twelve and a half hours, something like that, with incredibly bad blisters from not wearing any socks and having terrible shoes. There's
2: a the thing yeah. though. Is there's a the thing, isn't there? It's like always. you like your first ultra is like a massive learning experience. But that's really interesting yeah. that you you like skip doing a marathon and went, went, I suppose if you've done a marathon in training, um, like by doing the four marathons four days, it, it's not too much of a too much of an issue. Right. But uh, but it was it is always like a massive, like your first ultra is always a massive massive uh, learning curve. I think you're supposed to oh, have absolutely. all that blisters and, and it for all to go oh, wrong.
3: Absolutely, everyone that I do now, I learn something from. Um, I'm obviously a slow learner because I normally completely forget it or disregard <laughs> it, <laughs> any kind of learning. So I, you know, I struggled with blisters then, I struggle with blisters now when I do ultras. But it was, it was good to just do it and know that I was capable of taking on something like that and able to do it.
2: That and, was the main thing. And then when you did that, so what was your, what, it's really interesting to see what people's reactions are after different things. So when you did that 50 miler, did you then think, I want to go further or do you think I want to go faster?
3: No, I just thought I want to go further. I don't. I, I still don't really care about speed. It's not something that interests me whatsoever. Yeah. So every time... Now I'm starting to kind of look at other things to do um, that are further than 100. But back from when I did that 50, I just thought 100 really, really looks like something that is the ultimate running experience. I'd really love to do that. So... I kind of sat there thinking, oh, should I just sign up to the Thames Path 100 and then built it up in my head to get something to be, and I was really excited about it. I've got to do this. Yeah. And um, and went for it and signed up and had this 50 miler in the bank so that I could get on it. Not really knowing what to do, hadn't hadn't really spoken to many people about how to do a hundred mile? I think I'd met one person. This guy that I I still run with regularly. He's he did the South Downs Way one hundred, and I was completely in awe of him. He'd done it in twenty three odd hours. Oh wow! And he was so quick. You know, so much faster than I was. I was still overweight, and you know, couldn't really run properly except about back. But um, you know, he inspired me. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and give it a go. And started to then really focus on getting these these hundreds sorted. So um, over the next few months after signing up, I think I was in Gibraltar at the time, because they, they open up about, I don't know, 10 months before. Oh, yeah, do. yeah. And they fill up really quickly now. <coughs> oh, yeah. The Centurion, the, the, you know, it's quicker than Glastonbury, isn't it? The way like. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? So so the Thames Path 100 was your was your first hundred miler?
3: Yeah and that was hell (laughs) it was it was was nice for probably three hours four hours um when I got to Henley I thought this is really hard and it started to get dark and I'd never done any training in the dark and had a really bad head torch (laughs) and what was quite funny is that I'd given my friend Danny who had come on the four Americans in four days thing uh, a can of monster yeah and a load of food to meet me at Henley so that, I, that he, we could just run in the last the second fifty together.
1: Yeah.
3: Now, I've got to about 20, 25 miles, and Danny was being a bit sheepish over the phone. Oh, no. And I was, like, thinking, I'm really looking forward to the kind of monster, and Danny's giving me a big mental boost. <laughs> and then he's, he said, I've been up all night drinking. I'm, I've got a couple of cans of Stella for the train, but I'm on the way. <laughs> I think I'm going to be okay. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And do you know what? I just thought to myself, I knew he'd do this. And I kind of accepted <laughs> it more for him. I, thought, oh, I really hope he had a bloody good time. <laughs> and then I think he'd got to Winchester train station and he'd messaged me going, oh, my God, I'm so ill. I can't do this. <laughs> and I'm really sorry. So I carried that for about a mile. And then just thought, you know what? <laughs> I kind of like the story that... That this is created in my race, and kind decided to just let go of that and and enjoy myself.
2: What I like about that is that I, when you when you're doing those sort of distances, that sort of rage can build up in you. Um, yeah. it's almost yeah. Did you? I mean, that must have seemed like a good story after the fact. It must. That must have. Rang. I mean, like not having your support crew turn <laughs> up when they're supposed to turn up. Yeah. It's just that's like the worst thing ever.
3: Yeah, I know it was. Uh, as I said, you know, for a little while, maybe for a couple of miles, I really, I was like, what a fucking bastard. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I hated him, but then, you know what? I love him. He's a good guy. Um, and it just, you know, I, I just, I'd rather have him done that because I expected him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I expected him to turn up at Hendy wearing a cowboy hat pissed out with his head smoking a spliff or something like that. You know, that's kind of, thing that i was expecting but
2: so so you, know, you,
3: can, you can get obsessed by things when you're running that that way because you've got nothing to concentrate on other than pain so
2: so stuff i i understand then on your on your on this hundred miler that um because he because he dropped out that you were in need of some sort of inspiration um later on in the race was i yeah apparently is that is that right
3: <laughs> i'm trying to what, what was this inspiration then I, I, well didn't
2: you i didn't was it you were uh, you were slightly worried that you weren't going to finish and so um you uh you called your mum is that right <laughs> oh right yeah no no that was yeah
3: i did i did
2: <laughs> i could be sick at, um at
3: Reading, <laughs> and i think I everyone that... gets sick at Reading, yeah. <laughs> regardless <laughs> of whether they're running
2: 100 miler
3: yeah but i've been really really sick and uh, and I thought that was really funny, so I messaged a lot of people these pictures of my stick, like, huh, isn't this funny? And actually I phoned my mum because I knew that I was going to finish. And I I phoned her at about seven o'clock in the morning, just kind of really down in the dumps. Yeah. But I secretly knew that I was gonna finish. And I asked her if I could eat a twirl. <laughs> I had a twirl in my bag and I'd been like, Oh, hello mum, is everything okay? And she's like, Oh, you don't sound very well. Um and I said <laughs> Is it all right if I eat a twirl? <laughs> and she's like, I think that's probably gonna be all right, David. Now you take care of yourself. And then she started saying stuff like, You know, you don't have to finish this race just to
2: It's the day. the day. The thing is, that is the danger of having your parents as support yeah. crew, or to do anything. It's like they're absolutely. De- if they, like if there's any sense, then somehow you're in pain or something. They, they literally will try and scupper your race. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she could. Bloody well shut up if you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was that was your that was your first hundred miles. So so how quickly did they did they sort of come after that? How uh, so I
3: did that one, and then I signed up. I think, to do the Autumn 100, but then I, I had a gig to do, so I ended up not doing that, and then did the Thames Path 100 the next year. Yeah. And I improved on that, managed to get sub-24, because I think I did about 25 hours of the first year, and then 22 the second year. Yep. And then went on to do the Autumn 100 that year as well, and did that in 1945, something like that.
2: So you're, knock, you're knocking an hour off each
1: time.
3: Yeah, and then... The following year, I think it was 2016, I did the Thames Path 100 again in 18 and a half hours. And oh, wow. came back. I was pretty chuffed with that. Um, and I'd done the South Downs 50 and a few other bits and bobs like Trail Walker in between, loads of marathons. Um just kept myself going, really, because I find it much better to have these races to focus on
1: yeah.
3: and keep me going. Otherwise, if i have not got anything to focus on, then I'll just go to the pub um that would be that
2: okay yeah so what yeah what was it you think you did that you did um in between those times that may have made a difference in terms of like really uh, bringing your time down
3: okay so yeah very much for me it was more of a lifestyle thing um and i've made a conscious conscious effort to smoke a lot less because that was always the thorn in my side (laughs) (laughs) always been something that has. Dragging me down.
2: I, I love that. I love it. it's not I decided to quit smoking. It's just I decided to quit uh, to smoke a lot less.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I
3: pretty much. And then it would just be a very, a very social thing when it goes to the pub. Yeah. Drinks and then I'd give up, giving up. And, you know, I was drinking a lot less, uh, not less regularly as well. And then because I was doing that, I was able to, I started to get better. Um, I started to feel myself getting quicker, and then the progress that I made made me more um, made me more confident in my ability, and it encouraged me to to run more and to try and get a little bit faster. So I'd moved to the New Forest, so I'd, rather than having flat ground in Portsmouth, yeah, have hills to do regularly as well. So I started to do one or two sessions a week, just doing some hill repeats, really trying to sprint up the hills, and then the. Um, doing a regular kind of 10 miles on a Thursday and a long run on the Saturday, sometimes a bit of a long run on a Sunday. And I never really ran more than about 25, 30 miles in one go at all, uh, other than doing the South Downs Way 50. And before I got my PB doing the Thames Path, I also did under eight hours at the South Downs 50. And I really think that that, although I wouldn't encourage doing a 50-mile before four weeks before a 100, I think that gave me a lot more confidence as well, and you know I could sort of feel this endurance building inside me when because I wasn't getting so tired at the end of the runs. Um, and uh, what I found now is that if if you if you stop doing the regular marathons when you're training for a fifty or a hundred, then I think that actually it's it's a lot better for you because some people just do massive amounts of mileage. Yeah. I, you know, I find I found this year that if you take out the regular marathons and stick to a steady schedule, then it, it does help. So I think people run too many miles, thinking that it's going to it's going to be better for a hundred. Then actually, sometimes a few less
0: miles is probably better.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of
0: that, David? To be honest, I don't know. I've never really trained for hundred. But then I, I think it depends as well what you're trying to achieve. And what your body's used to as well. Yeah, I think you know once if your body's used to doing a lot of miles already, um, and you're really trying to get times down, then um, I th- yeah, I, I think you just got to pile the, the miles on. Sadly, um, but yeah, I think you're right. If your if your body's not used to huge amounts of miles, then you are going to damage yourself by doing too many miles.
3: Mm. I think my my friend went to see James Elson go to his summer. He said that his running actually got a lot better when he when, when he managed to do over 100 miles a week. Um, whereas I found that if I stopped trying to push the mileage and do more training, yeah, then I I've got better that way. Well, I always do like sandwich run at the weekends sort of with you know, ten or twenty and a thirty or something. But
0: yeah, and the thing is as well, the, the, the depending on your speed, someone like James can he can do unbelievably quick times at long distances so if he gets out for a 30 mile run it's going to take him yeah. three and a, three and a half hours you know even when he's jogging so <laughs> actually the impact on his body the time he has to recover is very different
2: yeah yeah absolutely and so uh, and, and so is, is your nutrition like changed then um because when you when you were losing all that weight did your did were you actually like changing what you were eating or anything or was it just purely the all the miles were was reducing it and has that impacted your your nutrition now um I think when I finished my
3: first hundred i was i decided to go veggie for a while yeah, but in general i hadn't changed my nutrition at all right um now i'm a lot more conscious about nutrition and the part it plays um I try to eat, try to eat as healthy as possible not eat too much meat and stuff and I, I do kind of veer towards a veggie diet much more than anything else um but it's, you know what, I, I, I get bored of people talking about food and diets all the time. I just think, I'll just eat what you want and, you know, sort of be happy. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, don't want, I don't want to alienate all the vegans in my life, but they do go on about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, actually, I think the trouble is, as soon as someone's vegan, you almost, it's like if you find out someone, their job is a doctor, you then have to ask them a question about being a doctor. I think the same thing, if, if you find out something's vegan, you then have to go, oh, right, why, or, I'd say, yeah. I, I cringe when I speak to vegans and ask the same questions.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what, I, f- I found it quite funny, you know, because I, 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 I used to have vegan tendencies, you know, like, you know, I, I got into the thought process of thinking, ah, oh, should I do this, but then I found bacon again in it me um but vegans they what what is it about them having their diet choice on their running vest whereas everyone else has got the talent <laughs>
2: <laughs> you do you do both know that i am vegan yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you wear it on your running vest i don't no, i know it's really funny actually i do you're quite right the vegan that vegan runner thing i don't know i don't know what the point because there's a lot of um there's a lot of ultra runners who are vegans but yeah. Um apart from like someone like Scott Durek who he you know releases basically a, a cookbook with his boring rantings inside it. Um you know, not not a lot of people I I don't think people talk about it that much, to be honest.
3: Um you know, I, I must I must know the wrong people.
2: I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't know what the what what there, what there is to talk about. I just think there's a, there there does seem to be a high proportion of vegans um, who do ultras. I don't know about other races, but there just these <laughs> does seem to be which which is surprising because there's so much shit normally in all the all the stuff at um, uh, like checkpoints and uh, oh, yeah. and food places that I yeah. to, to go through those and have to check all the labels must be
0: a yeah. bloody nightmare.
2: You just go, "Has yeah. that got gelatin in it? Has that got gelatin in it? Has that got
0: you know?" So what percentage of food do you think is vegan on the typical aid station?
2: Um, oh, that's a good question. It's really weird. Yeah. I, I, I do... What do I eat when I go? Do you know what? When I, when I did my first 100 miler, it was cherry tomato. I, kn- I didn't like cherry tomatoes. And all of a sudden, I developed um, a love of cherry tomatoes during like, the mid- halfway point of the South Downs Way 100 um and i i need them on the race now i don't yeah. i don't know why it's like your body just sort of craves different things i don't think i think there's a lot of um like vegetables. i don't really know i can't think this I, I don't know sometimes you get those horrible um like dog-eared cheese sandwiches that, that they try and push on you or something oh, god it's...
3: the ones that have been sat there that
2: are really crusty <laughs> yeah.
3: on the oh <laughs> <laughs> no I've done a lot of volunteering and stuff. But you, you know, you try and not let that happen, but it does. <laughs> you know, sandwiches that have been left out in the sun for five hours, that been yeah. toasted.
2: There's nothing, there's nothing worse than being like sort of back of the pack of a 100 miler. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's a, what's it called? The uh, people at the uh, various like checkpoints and stuff like, I've sort of got a bit bored of it all. And you can see <laughs> yeah. their, their malaise is reflected on, on yeah. what the food looks like. It does. So. Awesome. It's weird, isn't it? I think. I think. Like on a hundred miles, it veers between bar snacks and um, like yeah. really, really nutritious uh, vegetables. It's it's a really weird combination yeah. that you'd never put together. I always, I've always thought it looked like a chav's picnic. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you just need the cans of special brew around it, don't you? <laughs> Maybe that's what they're missing. Maybe that's what they're missing. So, um, so then, right, so so come on to the Western States 100 then. So you, ha- why, why did you have it in your mind that, that that's what, one that you wanted to run? Oh, you know what? Ever since
3: reading Eat and Run by the world's greatest vegan um, <laughs> and Run, I just wanted to do it, you know, and I scoured YouTube for, you know, for hours watching all these videos of the Western States 100, Scott mm. Jurek, smashing it. And, you know, people like Anselm Kupitschka running it. Yeah. They also, is it Invincible? Is it, is it Invincible? I can't remember what it's called. Um, there's a film uh, with Jeff Rose, Anson Kupitschka, and pillian running. Oh, yeah. Unbreakable, that's what it's called. Yeah, running the Western States, and it's three people that they reckon could all win and break the course record in the meantime. Yeah and that just inspired me more and you know it's just it was a dream of mine I, I you know I, I never thought it would come true and even when I signed up I said to you know I said to this guy Stuart who um he signed who went into the ballot with me I said you know, I can't afford it there's no point in even signing up but at least this at least this time I know that I when I go in next year I have my name in the hat twice because every time every year you apply as long as you've got a qualifying race done that year they double the your name in the hat so first year oh, you nice. only get one oh. then you get two third year you get four times and then on and on and they reckon by the eighth year that's probably the most amount of time you'll have to wait to get into the race now i know i'd gone in for the first time and didn't expect to get in and was not expecting this email and this 3 hundred fifty pounds come out of my account, so I was incredibly pissed off, but I was incredibly happy as well <laughs>
2: amazing <laughs> oh, and, This is amazing. And how, how far out was that that you got a notification that you were in? That was at the beginning of December,
3: and I, I thought this is going to be the thing that's going to keep me on the straight and narrow you know. That this is something that i'm going to focus on and, and do properly and get right and on the whole was pre- was pretty good in my training leading up to it um because it was a dream come true but you know what when it was done i just thought thank fuck that is done because <laughs> I've, I've never thought or obsessed about anything so much in my life it was seven or eight months of absolute obsession. You know, last thing I thought about when I, before I went to sleep at night. Yeah. First thing I thought about in the morning, every run that I went on, if I, if I wasn't thinking of anything, the next thing I think about would be, oh, it's all right. Because when you do the Western States 100, it'll be like this and it'll be all happy.
1: Yay. <laughs>
3: and you know, everything, you know, every meal was thinking about Western States. It was, it was just, it was fun, but pissed me off a bit.
2: Um, you know, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. That's uh, that's great. And so and uh, so, where does um, so? Explain what the Western States is for, for for people that don't know. Where does it start? Where does it finish? What's the sort of terrain like? Okay, so
3: Western States is uh, it's a hundred point three miles from school Valley, which is the old site of the Olympics from many years ago, the Auburn and in a place called a uh, place called Placer High School. Yeah. This guy called Gordy Ainsley. He is a bit of a legend in my eyes, and he's a legend, legend in the hundred mile running world because he is the guy that created it all. Um, He he used to do the Western States course on on his horse, but his horse went lame, and rather than missing out on the race, he thought, you know what, I reckon I could run it. (laughs) He left his horse there and just decided to run this course over to Auburn. And then towards the end of the course, he thought, "Oh, I reckon I could do this in under 24 hours." So he pushed himself really, really hard and and got to got to Auburn in just under 24 hours. And ever since that that day that he did that, they decided to create Western States Endurance Run, and it's slowly grown from that small race to being, you know, sort of one of the most iconic, oldest races in the world. Yeah, small distance, you know. And, I think I think anyone that finds out about it and runs ultras probably has it on their bucket list, close to the top. You know, things do. It's normally I normally hear people say UTMB in the Western States. And, is it you know, is it the
0: first hundred mile then?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's the well, world, yeah, world's first one, I think. Yeah. And so and so and, and then oh, this is going to be a difficult one to answer. So, did it did it meet your expectations? Oh,
3: uh, do you know what? Like, you know. Are you familiar with the white gantry that starts it? No, no, no,
2: no. You're gonna to have to explain all of this. I, I don't. I, I've not seen any of the any of the stuff you're talking about, and I've only I've only seen like a few videos of um, of like uh, 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 Timothy Olsen running it and stuff. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not super familiar.
3: Right. Okay. So there's this white gantry that says the Western States Endurance Run, and it's got a countdown clock in front of it. And in everything that you ever see, the start and finish of the race is is this white gantry and you know i thought when i first saw that i just suddenly thought oh my fucking god this is real (laughs) this is like (laughs) something that i'd seen on on you know youtube videos and seen pictures of watching scott jurek stand underneath it and i you know i got a bit of a shiver down my spine because you know i just never i never thought i'd be there yeah um, and they do in, in the build up to the Western States, they invite you over a couple of days before so that you can, um, you can, they, they do some talks and they do some films and they give you the opportunity to, to walk up the escarpment, which is the first three or four miles of the course. And I thought <laughs> there's no way that I'm climbing two and a half thousand feet two days before doing a hundred mile race. So I sort of stayed down the bottom and had a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Much more sensible idea. Um,
2: and so, so yeah, and and then, yeah. and so how does it work in terms of um, like support crew and things like that and paces and, and things like that? Our, our support crew, uh, how how, what, how does all that work?
3: So I, I've I've never ever bothered with support crew, and you know, just I thought I've always thought if I had a support crew, then it gives me an extra opportunity to drop out. And I'm yet to DNF. I'm sure it's going to happen, but. You know, I, I just, I've never had one, so I didn't think it'd be worth having. Yeah. And having a look at the course, it looked like it was a bit of a nightmare to get into some of the to some of the points. Yeah. Like, because uh, mm. uh, some of the the aid stations are quite remote, and they were doing shuttle bus <laughs> services and stuff. Over to them. So, my mum and her partner were with me, and they were offering me a bit of support. But I just said, "Look, come and meet me at the 62 mile mark, which is Forest Hill." which is also where I picked up a pacer. Um, they've got a section on their website that they invite you to leave your details on so that people that live in the States or close to the course who want to offer their pacing services can find your email, find out what kind of time you want to do. And then I'll send you an email saying, look, I can, I can meet you here. Do you want me to be your pacer?
1: Oh, nice.
3: Yeah. So I I've met this, this guy had, had emailed me and i said yeah man great that, that'd that be awesome he, he said that he was going to be on this course for like camping for a few days because he loves the experience yeah now, something like a thousand or fifteen hundred volunteers doing this race for 369 people so you know it's quite a big operation for for such a small amount of people running it
1: mm.
3: <laughs> but the people the, they seem to be obsessed with it over there they're really like I don't know if it's the Americans themselves, but they, you know, they're all into it. They're all so encouraging and they're all so friendly. But um, this guy, yeah, this, place, this guy that was my original pacer, he ended up saying, oh, I can't do it because i felt my foot. And then a few weeks before, this guy called Bob Crowley sent me an email saying, what is Bob hey, Crowley. Bob Crowley. <laughs> he's a legend. Um, and he, he's run the Western States five times. He lives in Forest Hills, so the Western States course is his, is his running route you know it's, it's amazing and he's done the hard rock 100 twice and probably just about now is finishing the tahoe 200 miler and he's 60 so you know it's just he proves that you can you can have a long career in ultra running if you yeah. want um but he in in the build-up to the race he sent me lots of emails saying this is what you need to do you know this is how you need to prepare um Phony when you get here because we stayed in Lake Tahoe, for, South Lake Tahoe, for a few days beforehand. And he spoke to me and said, This is what a local would do to run it. You know, stay in, when you see a creek crossing, lay in the creek for five minutes to cool down because the, the, the time that you save doing that will, you know, you'll be able to pass everyone else that doesn't, that doesn't do it. So you, you'll, you'll make up places by by laying in the creeks.
2: So a bit of insider knowledge then. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
3: And do do the
0: front guys do that as well?
3: (laughs)
2: I doubt it. They're they're
3: gazelles, aren't they? No, I I, I wouldn't have thought they would do that, but every aid station on the Western States course is that they've got a cooling station as part of it, so Mm. you can go and pick up as much food as you want. You know, and they have packs of shot blocks and gels and food you've got people doing, like, hey, Sarah, do you want a grilled
2: cheese? And like, give you a grilled cheese sandwich and a barbecues on the coast like Oh, nice! <laughs> oh, yeah, that you expect that in America, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um,
0: so, what temperatures is it hitting then during the day at the, the peak? Okay, so
1: yeah,
3: they they wander us. So they they have a big kind of ceremony beforehand where they introduce you to the front runners like Wormsley and Ryan Sands, um, so that you can see them from the front because they'll you'll never see them again because they be <laughs> <enough. laughs> And they, they said in in that ceremony that once you get to places like Devil's Farm and Michigan Bluff and El El Dorado Creek, the, the two in the afternoon, it's gonna be up to kind of I think I said around 44 degrees.
1: Oh my God.
3: Whoa. <laughs> and you like, know, you know what, I'm I'm as ginger as it gets, my oh. my skin is pale blue and transparent. <laughs> <laughs> And I only need to look at the sun, and then I turn into a blister, yeah, um, but we answered the age old question of if you put a ginger in the desert, does he burn? And apparently not I have so, so do
0: you, you doing tr- heat training, acclimatization and things like that yourself or
3: yeah i spent I spent two or three weeks beforehand uh, building up in the sauna mm-hmm. to around forty five to minute to forty five minutes to an hour a day, just sitting in a sauna and do you know saunas are nice for the first 10 minutes and Mm -hmm. then they do this thing to your brain that means you can't fucking stop thinking about how bloody hot it is (laughs) (laughs) so you go oh this is really nice and then all all the mindfulness in the world wouldn't be able to save you from the thought of burning in a sauna and you know i'd spend 45 minutes an hour and i'd get out and be close to passing out um, but you know, on the day when I was running and it started to heat up, I just didn't really notice the heat at all. Oh, really? So,
2: oh, amazing!
3: Yeah.
2: And so, what was the so? Just like explain because there's all sorts of things you hear about Western states, like bloody bears and stuff, and the uh, <laughs> yeah. terrain thing. things. So, what was it? What, you know, what's the gives like a picture of your of, of your race from from like start to finish? Um, if you're just going to sort of like encapsulate it as to um, you know what happened between yeah. certain miles okay so um when you before you start
3: you go and you know america is all about the kind of like uh the ceremony yeah isn't it? Uh, you know we, we spent an hour in a room of people thanking their wives <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite funny and then you walk around with a bag and they you know and they take your photo and with your number and i met mean, legends like Nikki Kimball. Do you know how she's like, a, I think she's won TMB and she's won Western States a few times. And I've seen films about her and I was a bit, you know, starstruck by her. But, you know, you walk around with your bag and they give you lots of free stuff. And then they say, you know, come back in the morning, we'll give you breakfast for a 5am start." You know, the first, first few miles of the course are straight up a, a mountain and you go over the escarpment. But it's, it's part of the ski course. And they they'd had a, a large amount of snow that was that was melting very slowly. So for the first, I think it must have been at least the first ten miles. It was it was pretty snowy, um, and she had some real steep climbs going up to the top of the escarpment that were almost ankle deep in snow at times. Um, so you do a climb from around six thousand yeah. to about eight and a half thousand feet. And, and that's pretty good, but you start to feel a bit of altitude when you yeah. get to the top. You know, you breathe yeah. up a little bit sort of shallow, but not unmanageable. Um, you know, there's a few really, really steep bits as you go up there, so it does get a bit stressful. But when you get to the top, I mean, if you just look around, you can't, you can't possibly be sad or you know, low when, when you've got that, the, the views of these snow-capped mountains around you, you know, a view of, kind of Lake Tahoe and stuff and it was just beautiful yeah um so i got got to the top of this this escarpment and then you you go down into what's called the wilderness and you kind of you go up a few up and downs nothing too steep but it was very hard to follow the trail because it was just covered in snow so you had you know i was following all these people and you know trying best to find a line through through these through all the trees and like big pine trees and stuff and um but we were all just slipping everywhere, so you couldn't really be confident where you put your feet. And I must have fallen over about ten or twenty times over. Really? Maybe yeah, maybe only a few miles. But everyone was. Mm. Just because it was so it was so icy and so much snow. And then we, we got to And are you, you prepared
0: where... for that mentally at all or?
3: Well, I just kind of I you know what, I, I wasn't really concerned about the snow, I was more concerned about the heat. But mm. I, I just kind of accepted that
2: you know that that's what it was you know that's a course, huge 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 dichotomy there isn't it i wasn't concerned about the snow i was more concerned about the heat yeah that's yeah. <laughs> that's it's not the great it's that's a difficult mental preparation for that i know i know it's puts you in a
3: sort of uh, cognitive dissonance kind of thing doesn't it it's yeah. like oh it's heat oh my god this is so conflicting <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah but i mean when you get through the snow I think it was around 10 or 15 miles in, it it started to kind of really heat up and then all the snow had melted. But but before you got to that, there was melt water and like little waterfalls and stuff and and little snow bridges. So your foot placement was quite precarious.
1: Yeah. Because
3: it was just muddy and wet and freezing cold water. And then like little boulder fields and stuff. So it was incredibly hard to to run through, you know, how people like Wormsley uh, managed to run so fast on that course is, is beyond me because, you know, I, I thought I had to give myself a pat on the back for standing up straight at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, then after, after the first 15 miles or so, you get to a couple of aid stations that I think was Red Star Ridge and then they have one a little bit further sort of down, down the hill um like there's lots and lots of switchbacks down sides of mountains, yeah um and yeah, so we did a few switchbacks and we got to the second aid station by then it was really really, really hot, um, and that was about twenty miles in yeah uh, i I think the thing that was worth remembering about Western states is it 's not the hilliest course in the world it 's about eighteen thousand feet up, but it's got a net loss of twenty three thousand feet so really. Yeah, so although you, you go up to you go up to about eight and a half thousand feet and then it's just mm. steadily downhill with a with a good lot of climbs in between. Um so when you got when, once you've gone through uh the wilderness, you, it then starts to get incredibly hilly. <coughs> um and you have what I think is five or six canyon crossings and that's the main bulk of the fighting. The canyon crossings go from I think something about something like twenty or thirty miles to about sixty or seventy. So you've got uh, the main one is devil's thumb, which yeah. is the midday when it's incredibly hot. And and the climbs will take you maybe you know, they're not that long, sort of thirty minutes, forty minutes or probably to do the biggest climb, which is just constant switchbacks. No, the bottom of devil's thumb. Uh, which is around, I think, 40 or 50 mile mark, there was a a lovely creek. So I had, you know, laid back in this creek, having the best (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't want to leave because I finally pulled down and wasn't, you know, bursting into flames like I was for most of the race. And just had a lovely lie down and started to go up the hill. And it wasn't until about five minutes up, I went, where the fuck is my water? Why haven't I got my sunglasses? I realised left loads of stuff down by this creek, so I had to run down oh no <laughs> and I was gutted you know, you know when you just think oh I don't need this right now um, but you know sort of brush it off mm. and get on with it and at some point around that time I'd gone past I don't know if you've seen the Barclay Marathons the race that eats it's young the documentary mm. yeah I yeah. ran past the guy that had won the Barclay Marathons and I was like, I'm sure that was him but found like a little bit of water to lay in and sure enough, it was him. I was like, "Oh my god, it's you!" And was a little bit starstruck by that. So you know, we sat down as you do when you meet someone in the race and had a little bath together. So it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it was very okay. enjoyable. Um, so yeah, like by the time I got up to up the Devil's Bump, it was it was so hot, and then because I'd managed to cool my cool my core temperature down in the creeks. I was overtaking a lot of people, and when you got up there, there, there really were you know good half a dozen people that looked like their race was over.
1: Oh, really? You know,
3: mm-hmm. It's looking like they were going to pass out. You know, lots of attention given to them, lots of ice being passed around. Um, and then this guy that was obviously you know sent from heaven came up to me and was like, "Right there, boy, do you want an ice cream?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> of course." I, I ate this ice cream, and it was. One of the most beautiful things I've ever tasted in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then got did what? Did at every aid station, fill up my cap with ice. I had a bandana around my neck, but every aid station, of fill that fill, fill that with ice, twist it round, and then tie it around my neck. And I was wearing a just a white t-shirt with some white um, arm warmer type things. I always thought it was the most stupid invention,
2: but I'm now. Completely sold because you can just fill them up with ice. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And then, and so, and so, how did it feel when you got to that point? At what point did you know? oh this is it. I've done it.
3: Um, mm, I got. You know, I think when i got to Forest Hill because I'd done the the bulk of the climbs. There was, I think, there was three or four real big climbs, and one of them you go up to Michigan Bluff. Um which is the first point I had my blisters lanced because I, I was wearing some poker <laughs> Challenger OTRs, and I was, I was so uncomfortable so I did a change of socks and managed saw these massive blisters well, this guy was just like, let me sort that out for you. so <laughs> he was laying on this bed, you know, being treated like a like a king by this podiatrist sorted my blisters out and um, when they were done I, I still had loads of running in my legs and so I got to got to Forest Hill really quickly and there was basically a street party going on there Um, and that was the point that I'd I'd seen my I saw my mum and her partner as well and I met up with Bob so you know changed my top and then when we started running that I was you know we were doing about eight eight and a half minute miles I think just you know running down the hills and being quite conservative going on the uphills running all of the flats and he was just said look I'll tell you exactly what's coming up when you know when when we get to it and um I'll, I'll remind you to eat you just don't do anything other than follow me and just forget about it you know oh, that's great I'll, I'll be your i'll be your I'll, you know i'll do everything for you you're such a legend perfect yeah and so we had a bit of a chat you know when i was getting a bit miserable he noticed that and he'd give me some like shot blocks and stuff and all would be fine and what I found, thinking about it, you know, and what, when I was doing this race, it's the first race that I've ever done, is that if I started to feel low, you know, if I was bonking a bit, if I started to feel sick, I just thought, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'm on the Western States 100. This is a dream come true. Oh, wow. And as I thought that it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, motivation to get me
1: through.
2: And then, so how did it, how did it feel to then finish it? So how yeah, so how long did it take? And then how did it feel to to actually cross that line in the end? Oh, uh, you know what? Like there there was a, there were a few moments that
3: like crossing the river in a boat and going up. Um, there was a certain aid station that I remember from the films and um, going across No Hands Bridge. And there were lots of moments that were kind of like experiencing stuff that I'd only ever seen in films. Yeah, and. I, you know, it just started to get better and better and better. And then you could almost taste the finish. There was quite a large climb up, up to a point called Roby Point, which is about one mile away from, from the finish at place of high school. And Bob was like, Hey there, Dave, you know, you know, you've run the race like a local, you know what they say the locals, but they're on the last hill. And I thought, if you are that, no, <laughs> <not> <laughs> and, uh, when we got up to this aid station at Rowby Point, they said to Bob, Bob, because you're a local, you have to run the last hill. And he was like, "Uh, see ya. Yeah, I told you. (laughs) And it must have been a pathetic sight, but I really did try to run this last bit of tarmac (laughs) (laughs) up to Orburn. But, you know, a baby could have crawled past me quicker, but I really did try. Um, you, You go down about a mile or so on some tarmac before you get to do a right hand into... The high school track, and you know, how many people have I seen in films and stuff get onto this track and you know, do the loop rounds? And when you get onto the course, you hear a person going, You know, this is David Harvey, he's come home from the UK, and um, this was his first time applying for the Western States. You know, well done, congratulations!
1: Oh, amazing,
3: you know, you say about your history and stuff, it's like you are now a Western States finisher. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is better than anything in the world. Um, you know what? At that moment, it was just the best place to be for me. You know? it, was, it was a dream come mm. true. And, you know, my sister messaged me saying, I can't believe you've done it. You know? And I thought, you know, what, did she not think I could? Because there was always a bit of me that thought, this is probably not something that you're able to do. So to finish it, I just thought, oh amazing you know I, I can't i can't put it into words what that felt like but it was just fantastic and, and as soon as you finish they give you like, everything's branded with western states you know, they give you a western states bottle and then this guy called tim tweet where comes and meets you who's won it god knows how many times and then they escort you to um they escort you to get a massage and then they there's a podiatrist to check over your feet and there's doctors around and stuff and I think I insulted the massage therapist a little bit when I was laying there because they were they starting to pray around me <laughs> when I was laying there. And I thought, oh, my God, what do you think? I'm Satan or something. And then clearly they did not find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, then it's done. Bob gave me a beer and, you know, happy days. Went, went and had a, a good good week in Vegas to party after that. So. Oh, nice.
2: And so how, so how quickly did you do it in? Uh, 25 hours, 6 minutes. And is that what you expected?
3: No, I was hoping for under twenty-four. So but you yeah. know, if I finished it, it's it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So Yeah,
3: fantastic. So, like,
2: so that I mean, so that was basically you were you were in a place where uh, you know, you've wanted to done that, you've done that for ages, it, it lived up to all of your expectations. So why a few weeks after did you do the London one <laughs> hundred? And do, like, the total <laughs> contrast to it. Ah, yes. Well, do you know how I
3: said that on the Western States course, there's no way that you could possibly be sad? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the Lakeland 100 course, there's no way you can possibly be happy. It's a physical <laughs> impossibility. <laughs> Surely Lakeland 100 is easy compared with Western States. Western States is park run in comparison to Lakeland Hundred. Oh my god! <laughs> you know What's
0: what? The, is is that just the altitude, or so the uh, the elevation or
3: Yeah, well, it's, I think I don't think it was that extreme. It's about twenty three thousand feet eleva- um, up, and then about twenty three thousand feet downhill. But it's the terrain that is completely unrunnable. Mm. So you'll you'll get to a point where you might be getting a. 10 minute mile up and then the lake district will reassert its dominance and throw you a boulder field in your way um and you know what to be honest i i was t- towing the line with this guy Tremaine who had also done the western states hundred that year and i got to know him over you know for doing that and he was quite up for it but i just stood there thinking i feel like I, I feel a bit ill i don't really want to do this i've done the western states this you know' this, I'm, I'm not up for this I couldn't really be bothered but they start the race by singing Ness and Dorma. What? Like this big
2: fat opera guy what? singing Ness and Dorma at the rock. But right. well, yeah. well, what yeah. relevance is that? So like the Lake District? <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I think it's like going into battle, but it was quite motivating. What?
2: That doesn't make any sense.
3: <laughs> no, but it's, you know what? It's an amazing race. It really is. Um, it, the climbs on it are brutal. The descents are brutal because you think you can make some time up on the descents. Mm. And you can't because that is unrunnable. You know how how people do it in 20 hours is beyond me. It's it's you know it's 105 miles, so it's got an extra fuel on it. Um, most of it is either bog, um, bouldery, you know, unrunnable terrain, and there, there are parts of that race going up a thing called Fusedale, which I you know Fusedale now considered to be one of the most offensive swear words in. <laughs> and it took maybe two hours to get to the top of views though oh, wow. with the rain and the wind trying to push you back down
1: mm.
3: and once you got to the top and you think it's flat it's not because you're not at the top because <laughs> there's another fucking peak there and you're like what that's ridiculous and then you go left and you know you, you, you spent two hours in mud and you're cold and wet, and then you look, and you're still not at the top of Tuesdayel because it's got another peak. <laughs> so it sort of takes your soul and crushes it, and then shits on it. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was going to ask you: is, is there quite, is there quite like an international? Uh, the Western states is there quite sort of an international field? Are there quite a lot of like people come all over the place, or is it still predominantly yeah. American?
3: No, it's the people from all over the world. I think they have. I, I, I might be wrong about this, but I think they had something like forty different nationalities there.
2: And so, and compared to that with the Lakeland One Hundred, how many Americans were were, were running that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
3: I'm not sure. I honestly, I, I catch you on that one. I sure.
2: think I honestly, I honestly think it like like ultra running in America is just uh, trail running in America is just so much easier. It, yeah, yeah. You know, especially like out where um, where. Uh, like well western states and everything because of the because of the temperature the heat's banned everything but the heat yeah, won't the
3: do very runnable yeah the heat won't do
2: western to your State. feet what lakeland like the lakes on a wet and windy normal day will do to your feet yeah yeah i mean the it, to do the Lakelands, you you have to stay
3: wet in order to stay cool um to uh, yes yeah, the western states you got to stay wet to do lakeland you've got no choice than to be wet and cold You know, and you know, there's no point trying to keep your feet dry because the the one puddle that you try and miss, you you might miss, but then five minutes later, you're walking through a bloody peat bog or something like that, or you know, the the trail looks like it's a stream, and you think this can't be right, but it is right. You know, it's just the the trail has turned into a little river or a stream. You know, and it's and so there's not a lot you can do, and. I'd only recce about 26 miles of the course, and that had taken me seven, seven and a half hours to do 26 miles in, in the recce,
1: yeah. but
3: it a mm. bit quicker in the race, but I'd got out of Buttermere, and I thought to myself, you know what, there is no way I'm ever doing this again. So i <laughs> <laughs> You know, It'd been raining for six, seven hours, it, you know, my legs hurt, i felt a bit sick, and do you know what I was? I was going along bottoming, not very happy, and just wanted to stop and not do it anymore. Yeah. and then uh, got around the corner, and there was the steepest fucking hill I've ever seen in my life, and I just wanted to cry. I just thought this is a, this is a joke, and something saved me at that point. And I don't know whether it was God or science or. Whatever, but my battery started to run out, on my head talk And do you know what? I was so happy because I got to sit down for five minutes and just change the battery, have a little bit of food, and then thing you need to bloody well man up. And um, so yeah, I, I got back up, and do you know what? I actually, although it was miserable, and I didn't want to do it, it was really hard. I did kind of enjoy it in a little bit of a dark way. Oh. Um.
2: What is wrong yeah. with, what is wrong with people? It's just it's so true, isn't it? It's like you think something's absolute rubbish and then part of you yeah. starts like something's been rubbish and then literally minutes after you start getting nostalgic for the rubbish thing that just happened. Yeah. You're like what 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 goes on in the human brain that, that makes you or maybe that's what draws people to, to certain types of races. That never happened that never happens in parkrun. No, no, absolutely not. Do you know it's a little bit like childbirth, isn't it? It it's be. exactly like childbirth, as I repeatedly tell my wife. It's, char- yeah, it's harder than childbirth. In fact, the, the midwife said that it's uh, having, running a what' you say? Having a baby's just as hard as running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, She's yeah, only, didn't had, my, I only had two babies. <laughs> so um. <laughs> So David, so David, what, uh, this is hellard. Uh, of the two, which, which do you fancy?
0: I don't think I, my worry is if I if I ever go to these big American events that you just say something that
2: would insult someone. Or, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think that's an American some, event that you have to worry about. I just think that's just when you go to an event.
0: But I think they're almost um, you know put up there the sanctity of, of religion. You know they're, they're they're held in such high esteem compared to I mean what races are in the UK that anyone really has a shit about.
2: Um,
0: run. yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I'd always choose for heat over cold and wet. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. That's why you should never run in the UK. I think that should be just a general rule. Don't run <laughs> in the UK. It's awful. Uh-huh. It's horrible.
0: So where does it leave you now then? What are you thinking next? Is are you um, looking for something bigger or are you feeling content? Or? Double Western well. States.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping to do the uh, double Portsmouth marathon if
2: I can get me on it. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done um, Have you ever done Portsmouth Coastal, David? I've done it the last three years. Yeah, I've never had a good time on it. It's awful. Oh, have you? Okay, okay. <laughs> have you ever done it? Have you ever done it, Hellard?
0: No, but I've I've heard it mentioned a lot. <laughs> is it around Christmas? Yeah, it is.
2: It's like the, I think it's like the last marathon in the south or something. Yeah. Just before, yeah, just before, uh, just before Christmas. Oh, it's
0: probably put there as a their clever ploy for anyone who's trying to get good for age for London. Sorry, he's trying to get championship for London.
2: Oh really?
0: Be, yeah, because you've got to submit before the end of the year, so
2: it's your last chance. It's difficult because it's not, it's not actually, it's not on road. It's like part, you like your part trail, part crappy foot. I mean, it it really is shit um uh, isn't it i mean it, it, I, I, I i it's it's not that weird. i know the guy that,
3: that runs it and i th- it's shit because it's well you it's can't, great he, he can't help he run can't help well, right but yeah. it's just got shit scenery because you get to see portsmouth most of it
2: yeah he can't help where he lives and where he sets out no. he can't help that hailing island looks like that
3: no exactly or or the incinerators in
2: portsmouth <laughs> 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 oh it really is awful. It really I mean it is a rubbish thing but there's something um there's something uh there's something about running in a in a rubbish environment. That, it, it always ru- it always like pisses it down as well. Um, yeah which which yeah which makes it awful. But so, oh, but yeah so so what what other? so it, it must be difficult after Western States to to know what your next challenge is going to be.
3: Yeah. Mm. So I guess when I got back from Western States, I immediately signed up to Transvolcania. Oh yeah, because I wanted to. Was that
2: Lanzarote? uh, La Palma. La Palma. Okay. Now
3: I've got a friend that did that this year, and he was pretty much broken by it. Mm. Um, So I thought I'd give that a go because he's going to go and do it again. But it looks pretty brutal, actually. Um, I think he said that Robbie Britton had told him to ignore UTMB because the real hard one is Transvolcania. (laughs) Yeah. so that kind of made me feel a bit sick um but I think like essentially it's 30 miles uphill followed by 15 miles downhill and then 5k uphill again so it's it's quite a it's quite a brutal one um like real horrid terrain um but at the moment next year because I've done a bit of volunteering'm i doing a, I'm down for the south downs 50 100 and um, the north downs 100. Um, but to be honest I'm not feeling that motivated by them at the moment so I'm going to see if I can get into something like UTMB just cuz I had a look at the footage recently and it looked pretty amazing so.
2: I think um, yeah UTMB I think UTMB is like the like European western states almost isn't it in terms of like the atmosphere that surrounds it and its longevity and and everything that goes with it yeah absolutely. it's interesting
0: how few people they do western states compared to UTMB
2: yeah yeah. I didn't realise it was only it, how much did you say 320 people or something running western yeah. states people. Yeah. that's no one is it how many people are running UTMB I, I'm not
0: sure but in my head I've got kind of 2000
3: yeah something like that isn't it
0: and UTMB is just one of the 4 or 5 6 events that they've got going on that week so yeah. actually there's constantly mm. there's so many more people in town for that race
1: yeah
3: there's, I, I've never been a by it. I've never gone for like, for to get the points for it. But I, yeah. I seem to have the points by accident. So
2: I kind of feel I should use them. But I, do you get, you know, do you get UTMB qualifying points for doing Western States? No, 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 not so Oh, either. isn't the irony of that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they, they won't. Um,
3: yeah, they, they won't s- sign up for it, though, will they? Like none of the American races want to give UTMB points because they think they have to pay to for the right to have mm. UTMB points assigned to their race.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it happened one day with some of them because they'll realise that it's actually um, the Americans want to do it. So either they're going to lose Americans to run in Europe and get the points there, or else they're mm. they'll they'll give them the opportunity to race their races at home. Mm. Yeah. It is the, I mean the best ones in the world now are at UTMB and Western State I'm sure they've got some very good runners but apparently this year was the top 10 pretty much in the world ultra runners all around UTMB head to head
3: yeah except including, including the, and Killian and that didn't they this year
0: yeah, yeah I mean Killian except- didn't even win so you
2: missed you missed your chance you had to you had like well, David has the Western States had the weakest field ever so you missed your yeah. chance to, to win it <laughs> Yeah, essentially. <laughs> you know what though I beat Wormsley
3: <laughs> he drops out by six, 70 miles <laughs>
0: and, and if you're going to give advice to people who have signed up to the Western States what would the main advice be
3: um, yeah just you know if, if you're going to do it then make sure that you sit in the sauna for a few weeks beforehand and mm. be sensible and use the creek crossings to stay cool because if you're not used to that heat then Mm. You know, you're not going to be able to to do it. You need to try and stay cool somehow.
2: But, that's some quality yeah. advice.
3: Yeah. yeah, but of course, don't do it because then when I go in for it
2: next year, then that'll give me one less chance of being. <laughs> <in it. laughs> yeah, don't give anything away. Every yeah. time, every time you you help ha- you assist someone, it it pushes you down a place. That's that's yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: um,
2: I quite fancy doing bad
1: water,
3: though. To be honest, that's like yeah. my. Bucket, mm. bucket list one to do, but it's so expensive. that how much is
0: PowerWise so then?
3: Uh, it's about a thousand dollars, I think, just to sign up. But then you don't get anything with like that. You get the right to run along a road with having paid for a van and four people to follow you, basically. So,
1: wow.
3: Yeah. So it's, it's quite expensive. I think it costs about three or four thousand dollars to do.
2: So, wow. I, mean, I, I guess think, insurance like, yeah insurance, that's what about saying insurance I think they hiked the insurance up because they, they banned it didn't they uh, last year um, only for it to come back again so I wonder if they've hiked it up as a result
0: yeah they must have done they've probably got a new insurance firm that's finally agreed to pay out if they give them
2: enough money yeah yeah we really care about health and safety um, that's why we're oh, oh yeah you'll pay us more brilliant yeah of course you can run yeah. Death Valley absolutely fine
1: yeah
2: well, David, cheers, man. It was great to, great to speak to you about this to get your, uh, get your insight in the Western States. Um, I don't know. Also, what a journey from when you... Yeah. You know, think
3: back when you were 26. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been interesting.
2: But now well, now, absolutely... now, you've done it, you can go in the other direction and you can pile the weight back on and, <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll hit it. We're like, perfectly, just about... We hit about 40. That's absolutely yeah. perfect timing.
3: My, my friend Mark is very proud of his 100-mile-to-couch um, training plan that
1: he's done. <laughs>
0: And if you've got any advice for people out there who are in the position now that you are when you're 26 and are struggling to to do exercise and motivate themselves, I mean, what would you say is the, the easiest way to, to to reinvigorate themselves and to to break that um, those bad habits?
3: Yeah, I think like not to put too much pressure on yourself, really, because you know uh, every time i have put too much pressure on myself, I'd buckled a bit and done things that I shouldn't have done. But, you know, don't, don't, if, if, you, if you miss out on things, then don't worry about it. Just kind of pick yourself up, brush yourself off and, and get back on with it. But try and try and be disciplined in a way to get yourself a small routine, of maybe doing it first thing in the morning um, relatively regularly. If you miss it, well, uh, no bother. You know, just carry on. Um, what I forgot what I was going to say. I think I've got dementia. At least go for a run or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Unless you don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't, really. Um, what, happens if you're yes. in, what happens if you're in a, a, a friendship group where they beat you up about it, though? That's that's the issue, isn't it, really? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah,
3: if, <laughs> if people beat... Uh...
2: All right, then, no, it's been, it's been That's been really, really insightful. <laughs> Um, so thanks very much for uh, for like taking the time and everything because uh, yeah I mean I literally have just been looking up Western States while you've been talking uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah but brilliant man thanks for that
3: no worries man
1: brilliant
0: thanks nice oh, nice for
3: having me take it easy bye.
1: cheers man
0: bye right.
2: well that was good
0: yeah you are you going to sign up
2: I just I know. I, when I said, "Oh, I've been looking," uh, I literally have been looking. I do you know what? It's one of those things that you know. It's like it's in the back of your mind, but it's never. I've never really thought about the Western States. I've only thought of it in terms of um, a, a race that's been featured in a lot of books. And, and, and to Americans, I think it means a lot more. It's you know, it's it's like their London Marathon or, or something like that. It has a lot more. Uh, kudos to it and i always think you know i put other things above it like bad water um and and other races but um but the more about it it starts to creep into your into your consciousness and um and i do i do like the idea of running in that heat i think that would be i think that would be good
0: um i know dean talks about it quite a bit in his book yeah and i think that's one of the quite a large section is him talking about taking on the race and it falls off, and, and there's quite a few incidents that happen. Yeah. But I, I, I always struggle with with the rare the I, I kind of hinted at it a little bit before, but when an American thing has a reputation around it, yeah, I always struggle to think, that, you know, to actually realise, you know, how big is this or how impressive is this because just they they love things too much.
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Whereas like because they don't have like right, so I'm being I'm not being disrespectful to Americans, but literally there are some pubs in like near where near I live that are older than your country. And so when they have something that they're proud of is literally the, the, the fanfare that goes with it is is incredible.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's it's to my detriment because things like Boston Marathon, um, I now know I need to go and do. The people who who I respect, who are great people, like this is incredible. But I've always in my head just thought, yeah, it's probably just like London, but because they're Americans, they think it's incredible.
2: (laughs) Oh, so that's not so. That's not so much of a deal. That's just you thinking Americans overhype shit.
0: Yeah, partly, but also even when when you go to a place like Western Point, I think it Western Point. We were in an area where they were, they were showing us this building and how, and um, they're like, yeah, this, this building's blah, 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 blah. And off we're there, this guy in, he's like, yeah, um, my house is
2: older than that. <laughs> <laughs> you, the last place you want have you ever been to China?
0: Uh, well, yeah, briefly in Beijing. Yeah.
2: Cause that's like, China's like that. Everything, everything is celebrated. And, they, and the difference is that they lie about everything. So like, they'd go, oh, this, like no matter where you are, We'd always yeah. say the same thing: like, "This tree is the oldest tree in China," and you're like, oh, <laughs> "I'm, I'm not sure it is. It doesn't look like the no. This is the oldest tree in China." Or, it'll, or they'll say, "Or there's like some like terrible fact like this temple is a hundred years old, which makes it the oldest temple in China." You're like, <laughs> it's, "It's made st- out of concrete." Yeah, exactly. I oh, know. It's like it's aluminium. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> no, but, no, yeah, I, th- I think it's. It's probably one of those races where, if I watch that documentary now, I'll then want to do it. Yeah. But then again, I haven't done a hundred mile yet, so I have to tick that box first.
2: Well, go from go from like a 10, official ten mile race to a hundred mile race is a, is a pretty big. Oh, to a fifty mile race to hundred mile race is a pretty big jump. Yeah. Um, you, who would you? Wait, oh, right, I like this. So, so if, say that you don't have any support crew, um, and you're and you're crying at mile uh, sixty five. Who do you call? Who who? Who would you call at that point? Probably pizza. (laughs) I love I love the idea of of someone on minimum wage talking talking you through (laughs) (laughs) the last third of a hundred miler.
0: Yeah. Or I dunno, a drug dealer. (laughs) No, you I call that Russian guy from the
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I need you. Just
0: bring everything you've got,
2: all or, the needles, or your, or your, or your caffeine bullet distributor. I tell you what, caffeine bullet's been going down well, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's patent. That's the thing. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's been made for a purpose. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, it's really interesting to, to get a view on that, and also the comparison of the Lakeland One Hundred.
2: Oh, nothing in me makes do you know what I signed up for the Lakeland 100 once or was it the Lakeland 50 one of them and yeah and it got closer to it and it said oh, I think I was on the, um, the wait list or something yeah and it said um, do you want to sign up now and then I just thought about it and I thought
0: no no I don't want to well, it's strange I mean because Mandy Lakes is just so incredible but maybe the ascents not as much it's, I can't remember what it what it amounts to but probably three and a half thousand feet over a marathon. Yeah. And I'd imagine in the late 50s probably twice the distance, four, or five times the ascent. Oh, my
2: goodness. There's just there's just certain races that I, um, I I look at and I think I just don't want to do it. Like the spine, spine races. I, like, I look at that and I think, that just is set in winter. Mm. Yeah, the di- it's not the distance that puts me off. It's just how shit the weather's gonna be.
0: It's just it's that Actually, what what it is, is that some races are hard and some races are miserable.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
0: And I don't mind hard. Miserable's just annoying.
2: Well, to me, every race is hard um but every race doesn't have to be miserable yeah yeah yeah, exactly but not every race has to be miserable it can be hard without like yeah that's a really good distinction and i think that there are i i think people do the races for their own reasons but there's some races that people go into knowing that they could be miserable and have it thinking that there's some sort of virtue in that and i think there's not yeah absolutely because even, even with how hard things like um, uh, Western States is and bad water and stuff, you're in like, a stu- in, like an amazing setting, a stunning yeah. setting and everything. Whereas if you're doing like the Spine Race or like the 100, yeah, it would be beautiful if it stopped raining or, you know, yeah. you th- and all you are, you just you, you could literally be on a treadmill um, that's going at various levels in a shower um in in the dark couldn't you and and literally it's like the same experience but people like throwing shit on you i mean that is that is essentially the same experience you're having isn't it you could you could uh, you know that is not when you if you were doing like um like the Lakeland 100 it was in the middle of summer or something like that i mean it's still rain because it's you know bloody the lakes but at least there's an element of you know enjoyability about it but with the american races, that you know you're going to have these amazing landscapes and these amazing uh you know experiences that go with it and so you, it might be awful it might be you know painful but yeah. it, your environment like makes up for it you know you've actually,
0: that- the, the, the difference between ultras in the states and, and the uk is even more pronounced when you look at obstacle racing because do you actually go in the water repeatedly and so you have a mud run in america and it's just really good fun. You get muddy, you splash around. Then at the end, you're in the sun. You spray yourself down with a hose. Over here, you just... You, you get hypothermia. <laughs> it's like, what a great race. <laughs> and at the end, you're stood around in a field with it pissing down. And uh, everyone's going home. Whereas over there, you're like, yay, party in the sun, yeah. Loads of hot women's stripping off. <laughs>
2: Yeah, why do we live? Why, why are we not doing more American races? Yeah, why, why are we but living yeah, here? That's, that's amazing, isn't it? So, that's the amazing thing. Is so, so, of all the races we've talked about doing that we want to do in America, we've talked about, okay, let's do the let's do Bar- uh, Barclay Marathons because it seems to emulate a British race <laughs> as closely <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's rubbish, it's wet, it's boring. Or exactly. it's, it is Barclays is the only race in America that's measurable enough. To, call, to to be able to compare with a, a, a UK race,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, deep ballads, What races are there from from your local countries that are epic, but we might not have heard of? I mean, I'm, I'm just even looking at comrades for next year. Yeah. It's twenty thousand people. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Ultra of twenty thousand people. That's insane. Yeah. And you think of Western States, what three fifty? <laughs> wow. I mean, that's 60 times more. 60 times bigger. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, that's getting me quite excited. I
2: that's going to be amazing. Oh, The atmosphere is supposed to be just incredible at like that. Yeah. And that's unusual for an ultra <laughs> to have any atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, we found, and it's sunny. <laughs> sunny. A sunny ultra with atmosphere. Amazing. Uh,
0: but, yeah, let us know too bad is it, if there are other ones that... Might not have crossed our radar. Will never cross our radar just because they're in the wrong country, and therefore we're not going to know people who've done them. They're not going to be in the, the newsletters we see, the magazines we read. Send us in what you think are the best doctorators out there, um, and also send us some good examples of just proper miserable. Because I, I think we need to start highlighting misery for the sake of misery. Because I'm not. I'm not that being a fan <laughs> I
2: yeah I, i'm like you david misery i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of either i think i'm anti misery yeah i don't absolutely. mind watching other people in misery that's quite funny
0: yeah i'll, I'll cruise someone for, for that <laughs> but um have we got any have we got any letters or anything to talk about this week because have you have you seen the blokes Dad he's bought
2: dirt cats. Oh my god! We need, to, yeah, we need to talk about the um, the rise and fall of um, of Wigan Runner because they they were I on. We already. They were. Oh, we have, but they, they were on last warning, and now they they just disappeared. It's all it's all a bit sad, really. It's no longer raising. No, no, no. I mean, it's like disappeared out of the group. I th- I thought they were they were going to push on, ignoring our our um, threats to uh, to get rid of them and they just they, they they listen to us and I'm not used I'm not used to people listening to us <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well the thing is I, I think to a certain extent we were just saying just please stop annoying us <laughs> but um, Matt Gibson's dad uh, is an absolute legend he's gone out he's he's gone and bought himself some dirt cans and then he's posed for a photo. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's claiming
2: he's run a 5K, but he's got the look of um, the, the pride in his eyes and so he does. He has. He, he has a race for life look about him. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he looks like such a nice dad as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: In fact, maybe we should all try and get our dads to oh, to wear derp cans and, and pose for us.
2: I think, I think there is, there's several threads here. It's basically you need to get your parents to wear some derp cans. You need to get your pets to wear derp cans and we know Pairs we know cans, this yeah. i heard a statistic the other day that one in five dogs in the uk has a social media account
0: probably do so you got a dog
2: uh no okay so, uh, uh, we- <laughs> There's nowhere this can go. Saying, this can go. No. So no, I was saying that. They, so a lot of people's dogs must be socially media savvy, so we can we could clear this. Actually, this could be our way of expanding the listenership of Bad Boy Running. So if we get people to get their derp cans on the dogs and promote Bad Boy Running through that, then other people love pictures of dogs wearing amusing things. We need to get doggy BBR T-shirts.
0: Do I mean that's going to take several years to. <laughs> <laughs> but i think um amy from mud a amy soran her dog has got hundreds and hundreds of followers
2: oh amy amy could pretty much get derp cans yeah. on pretty much any animal couldn't she
0: oh my god she does need that that would be brilliant in fact that needs to be her new mission she needs to go out and whichever animal she treats she says <laughs> oh no it's a new therapy it's like meditation <laughs> We just get them to listen to derp
2: can therapy. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then get photos with like cows, horses, sheep.
2: I want to see a hamster with derp cans. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be brilliant. Oh, so there we are. We want. um, I'm not. I don't think we should do it to children. I think it should be old people and animals.
0: Sleeping old people.
2: (laughs) People who don't know they're derp canning. <laughs> yeah, do you derp? Dude, it's a it's a, um, a silent derp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, have
2: we got any letters or anything from the do Badgers? No, no letters at all. Nothing. none at all. Nothing at all. Wow!
0: Given that we haven't been here for about a year,
2: <laughs> lots of lot, lots of complaints about um, uh, not releasing. Oh, oh! I've got amazing news. Oh oh, this is amazing news! Why have I not mentioned this earlier? I don't know I and don't know ev- what this is how can I comment and this is news that that everyone is going to love. Eddie is back what producer Eddie is back. has he been kicked out of the police? No, he's not been kicked out of the police, but importantly he's been yeah. kick, kicked to the curb by his French girlfriend, so he has more time on his hand. Well I don't know whether no. I don't know. Think- I don't know whether it's him or her or whatever, but he has more time on his hand. Brexit, apparently, it was.
0: Oh, Brexit. France's France's loss
2: is (laughs) the do-bad-as-gain, which means... Oh,
0: thank you, France. You've finally done something
2: good. It was was part of the Brexit negotiation, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, so Eddie's back. Eddie, say hello if you can. Let's, that was assume, a chance, let, it.
2: let's assume he has, he has interrupted that part and said hello, yeah. This does
0: mean you've got fewer excuses for why the podcasts are coming out now. Uh,
2: if you remember, my laptop um, broke.
0: And to be fair, I did miss the plane last week, so I couldn't record on Monday. So that may have been my
2: fault. Oh, don't worry, don't listen. The thing is, over summer, people have time off, and we're busy guys as well, so, you know... And people, it really, it really does increase people's um, uh, desire. Does it? I'm not even sure that's true. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> uh, it makes the heart grow sort of narkier, Definitely, it makes the it makes the the Facebook threads um, more aggressive.
1: I don't yeah, know
2: if it fondness is uh, is exactly what we uh, we've experienced. But anyway, um, if you um, if, oh, we've got, oh, we've got an episode coming up, haven't we, that has been driven by uh, the do-badders in terms of asking questions. The relationship episode.
0: Oh, is that actually going to happen?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, of course it's going to happen.
0: I haven't actually looked at that post yet, so uh,
2: <laughs> oh, don't, I don't know if it's don't, good that we do or don't. Don't. I think I'm going to throw them at you fresh. I'm going to throw them at you fresh, and, and we'll, we'll get we'll get pure, unadulterated um hellard style advice
0: and is your intention of this that because our advice is going to be so good that it ultimately means it's going to end up with a lot of do better babies and therefore more listeners
2: more it's our way it's our way of getting more listeners um clever. and getting less people to run because that's important as well that's one that's one of our aims more dns <laughs> is more dns more DNS's and everything um yeah so uh, so we've got that coming up but um if you haven't subscribed already um please uh go to iTunes or whatever else this is on and um and hit the subscribe button to make sure that you uh, get the episode if you haven't reviewed us yet, i think we're a little way off um a hundred uh five hundred well a hundred five star good thing or seventy eight five star reviews or whatever but it'd be good if we can get to a hundred reviews that would be amazing uh if you yeah absolutely have, yeah if you've got anything uh, you want to send in to us um letters at badboyrunning.com. Um, try to make your uh, letters as sweary as Tom Scott's, if possible. Um, if you can get swearier than him, then that's, uh, that's perfect.
0: He managed to get he gets 12 swear words in, in every 10. It's
2: quite <laughs> every 10, that's the incredible part about it. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, yeah, if you haven't joined the uh, Facebook group yet, go to Facebook and join Bad Boy Ready Podcast and we will let you in. You have some questions to answer now. And uh, some people aren't, uh, aren't playing along, I've noticed. Uh, what is this? Yeah, so w- when you try and get into the podcast group, uh, you've set some questions, haven't you, to ask them to, to make sure that we yeah we're getting we're getting the right type of characters coming into the group.
0: Absolutely. Well, now that we, we've we've I think we've hit the thousand mark. We have hit the thousand, and which um, is is one of those things that shouldn't shouldn't be celebrated, but the, probably only with biscuits. Nothing more. But, um, it's it was an but in some ways but not not a great proud achievement i wouldn't say you seem quite happy about it though
2: no no i think it's it's one of those things that you have to you have to celebrate in the sense that um there's a thousand people that um that are in the facebook most of which probably don't even know there's a there's a podcast that's that's the interesting part about it there's probably a lot of people in there who have no idea why they're in the group or or what they're doing um which you know that's all that matters, really. The, the, I, I think it was worth celebrating by having Andy Parry leave the group temporarily and yeah, then, try and, then try, and try and get back in, um, which which provided much amusement.
0: But we, we've now had some questions because as a group gets larger, it hits more people's radars who are trying to promote things to runners or to bad boys. Um, and so to try and stop the amount of spam and the the actual group just going in a downward spiral to being uh, incredibly irrelevant tech, uh, sorry, incredibly relevant information. Um, we've asked some questions which basically says, you are aware that if you enter this group and you try and promote yourself without understanding that what the group's about, that the group will mercilessly take the piss out of you. <laughs> and um, so far people have been ignoring that. We've also been asking for people's uh, favourite 90s reggae singer, uh, so far, we've only had one answer, and that was Snow, which I thought was good enough.
2: Oh, no, no, no. We had, had some others. Someone, one was, someone said, like, Snoop Dogg. I'm like, what? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> that was probably my nan.
2: <laughs> there's been some, some people who are trying to ignore the questions. Uh, you're not going to get in if you ignore the questions. You have to answer the questions. It's simple as that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So now we're in You'd suggest. Oh, yeah, that's a good ask. idea. Can, can you ask more than three? Or is it only is it only three? I think we're limited to three,
0: but I'm quite happy to, to rotate them round. It's just for our entertainment.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. We can share those as well, because yeah, you know, uh it's our fiefdom and we we can do what we want. Um so yeah, if there's um if there's anything you uh you want us to uh, if, you, if you've got any ideas for guests and stuff, we will, we we we've we've had some some of the best guests we've had have been suggestions from do Badders. Um, and we we've, we've been having a few suggestions more so if you've got any guests you want to suggest um that uh, we can uh, we might want to approach i think there's um there's a few people out there we're, we're looking at at the moment and um yeah any, just
0: any topics that uh, you'd like us to to look at
2: yeah it should if it we wish uh, to take part in if we were if we were doing a true um uh, runners world thing um we would be oh yeah we'd probably be recycling uh, subjects by now wouldn't we we'd probably uh, Doing, doing about our worst races, and then probably talking about uh, MDS and, and stuff like that. New shoes of the summer. New shoes of the summer. <laughs> oh That's wait what a minute! Should we be doing? Should we be doing autumn winter collection? Um, kit pieces now.
0: Well, I'm just about to sell, sell on my old uh, clothes on eBay. So uh, for winter, so uh, potentially yes.
2: Don't sell them on eBay. sell them, sell them on the uh, uh, bad boy running um, swap shop.
0: Does that mean I'm hmm, worried what will come back But anyway Anyway I feel like we're babbling now We're babbling But uh, Any suggestions Get in touch And uh,
2: We'll see you next week See you later bye, bye 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 Bye
0: bye
2: bye bye Baby come back Bye 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 bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clown To be messing around And give me one more
1: try Cause a love like this Should I never ever die